So folks, if you want to earn a PhD, before even you get into PhD and when you are applying for PhD, the first question that comes in the e-form that you are going to fill up is, how many research papers have you published? Or can you share the links to the research papers that you have published? So we being part of the technical organizations, part of corporates, working on many, many complex and huge projects, playing with technologies, so on and so forth. We do a lot of research, but how many times did we really publish it as a formal paper? And do you think formal research papers are valuable? Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a better future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode... We interact with industry experts or academicians or coaches or leaders across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help our audience learn wonderful things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end. Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen and with my co-host Sudhakar. So folks, today we are going to discuss a topic, importance of research in technical roles. And we are pleased to welcome Suman to cover that topic for us. Suman Day is a software development specialist with six years of work experience at SAP Labs India with an M.Tech degree from Bits Pilani in software engineering. He is an IEEE member with more than 15 technical research publications, including eight in IEEE research papers and book chapters on cybersecurity. Suman has chaired international research conferences and is a reviewer of different reputed conferences. At this young age, Suman's journey has seen him win multiple accolades as a thought leader and continues to draw his focus on development and research activities for industry-academy collaboration. Suman, welcome to our show. Let's get started. Thank you so much, Sudhakar. It's, it's a pleasure being here and being part of this initiative. I mean, it's really great. Whatever you're doing, I'm happy to be onboarded here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the kind support from the patrons like you. We are able to continue this podcast series for last one year and we are hoping that, you know, with the support from people like you, we will be able to continue it for more time. So Suman, can we talk a bit about your passion towards research? If I talk about passion, I mean, I really have to go back to my college days. That really started even before I joined industry. It was my college professor who introduced me to this particular field. And uh, I remember those days very fondly because research was a topic that was not really taken easily. I mean, people were like, okay, research papers, that's like some big, uh, you know, buzzword. How can we do research? They are PhD scholars who do that. I did my bachelor's in computer applications to start with, even before doing my MTech. And at that point of time, it was like, okay, this is too much. PhD is a long shot. So there comes my college professor and guide and he tells me, Suman, if we are doing a final year project, we are not going to do any applications just. We will do an application, but before that, we will make something that gets published. So he helped me, you know, take this ship of research. And luckily with his guidance, I was able to publish two papers on encryption and uh, they were published in uh, two international journals. And that's where my journey began. There was a gap of three and a half years, but again, you fall, you know, to some great support at times. Same thing happened with me. Got some great support, great mentors in my organization, some great colleagues who were always supporting me. And after three and a half years, I again started 
started and 2020 alone i published around 11 articles uh, one book chapter uh, included so everything happened and pandemic also it was a bit tough on all of us it gave me more time you know the travel times decreased and we are not you know bothered about getting up early next morning at 8 o'clock you can you can probably take that one hour and probably three hours at night and all of a sudden i had four five hours extra and it was really uh, helpful and helped me in this journey of research you know publish more get more and uh, it it really helped so that's that's how it has been yeah i actually took two things from here mm-hmm. one bangalore traffic if you avoid it you can save a lot of time second on the serious note uh, during the pandemic situation these unprecedented tough times that the world is going through mm-hmm. you know if we really put our time to right use 11 publications in one calendar year that is a really phenomenal right and uh, you know really uh, surprised and really curious that you know during your academic time itself you published two uh, research papers which got published in international papers amazing so well done there suman thank you sudhakar so suman how do we relate this research with the technology like you are with sab you know a phenomenal company to work for so how is this connection this marriage between this academicia if i may call that research part to this corporate world how do you connect both of them together more than sap i guess uh, from an sap perspective it's definitely the support i get but when you talk about relating or connecting research with technology it goes beyond i mean anybody listening to this podcast i can tell one thing like academia and industry are not you know separate topics they are very much connected and you take the biggest disruptions around the globe whether on machine learning or on a faster retrieval of data or building trust via blockchain you know it comes down to how deeper we get and present and improve version of what we are working on it can be anything i mean it doesn't have to be specific to an organization you take the biggest names every disruption happened because they knew their customers well i mean forget technical research you have to know things you know better and deeper so that you create an impact rather than just you know moving around on what technology we are using there are sufficient amount of technologies out there but at the end of the day you build value so when we talk about research you finally you know imagine let's say a open source contributor you contribute regularly and you are probably you know working on node js or a python and there are open modules out there so why not you take up a module and understand what it does and then prepare something of your own with the same features but maybe with a better performance or a better efficiency you compare both the results you present it somewhere you pub- you get it published i mean at the end of the day you are doing what you were doing as a techie as a software geek as a programmer just that you are getting your results in a more formulated way and you are publishing it for the world to know so more or less i mean you talk about industry you talk about academy you talk about research you talk about technology all of them were somewhere connected it's it's a beautiful amalgamation it's just how we perceive it and how to take it forward excellent i'm sure with the excitement that you created in your answer many of our audience are thinking to start their way of contributing and starting that research and publishing paper so suman for those who want to publish papers yeah where do you start what are the possible means of publication 
from a technical standpoint there are reputed conferences there are journals there are magazines you have some great publishers out there i mean you have to keep a track you just have to google probably like what are the upcoming technology conferences research conferences which are coming up uh, you can look for ieee springer lcvr acm there are multiple conferences which are happening you can publish it there there are magazines out there there are journals out there so these uh, are great platforms or mediums to get started if you are looking forward to technical research now where do we get started now i talked about a node js use case or a python use case you have an open module so you if you have such comparisons that's that's good enough to be published you have a new idea that you think is groundbreaking or something which nobody has done that's a great idea to be published let's say you have a sample space of 500 people and you understood that there is a trend coming out of it that's a survey go ahead publish it i mean it gives you a possibility of not just publishing your topic but even before you do that you are reading a lot of things you understand those things better even if you're doing a survey of yeah so uh, you talk about you know surveys and uh, you're talking about 500 people or 500 items and there is a possibility that you'll get to learn a lot more about them i mean you were not clear about them maybe initially but then when you start when you are going for uh, you know such topics we talked about an idea we talked about comparisons now there's there's one more uh, topic like surveys so let's say you have a sample space of 500 and you want to do you know get a get a study on them like how they respond to a particular feature or how they get a different sort of uh, insights about those 500 items that you have taken up you can get a trend and that can be published so we had a problem statement that me and my mentee megha was looking into and it was part of mtech topic when we were doing our mtech in software engineering from bits and uh, the topic was on cloud security and we were, ta- were talking about hyperscalers so we discussed about what are the features that they bring in and how are they different from each other and we published a paper so even even that material is good enough for getting published i mean you are basically relating academia with industry and what else can we do it might be a daunting task you know at the beginning because you're thinking about publishing your first paper so how do you go about it you might not have an idea of your own so at that point of time a sample space or let's say you go back to the notes or a npm or a you know library open library that we talked about you can dig deeper understand a library you rip it apart maybe and come up with something of your own you compare what your results are with what you already already have seen in the existing library you get the results published or you probably do a mathematical simulation create a poc around what you have done and although you are a starter you are a beginner you are basically comparing two things that was existing and something that you have created maybe you have changed one loop something was running with two loops you have made it in one because of your geniusness with mathematics and all of a sudden your results are better than what was existing good enough to get published that's a fabulous start we talked about the mediums where you can get started and we talked about how you can get started so this can be a good you know for anybody who is an amateur and wants to do their first research paper excellent tips suman i can relate to one of my previous experiences actually i published one paper on cyber security a while ago and uh, it made me recollect all those memories like it's all about comparing what's already there and trying to add something new so that you can prove your metal and yeah as you mentioned like probably of course i'm not there at in terms of publishing 15 papers and or but uh, yeah i can relate to maybe once you start doing five or six maybe seventh and eighth onwards will it will be easy so wonderful tips out there and so far you have published 15 papers right and out of which what is your favorite one and why 
Okay, I think being on the emotional side, I guess I will talk about a paper that is on uh, you know resource conflict management using graph theory. So it talks about an algorithm that reduces the waiting time of a project where a resource is associated with multiple tasks or uh, you know subtasks or subprojects. So you get organizations or or companies where you have one person who is like indispensable. You have to get them in like five projects. So what happens to the other four projects when he is working on he or she is working on one? It becomes tough. So how do you manage that particular resource? So I came up with an algorithm using graph theory and that would optimize and reduce the waiting time of such projects. So this paper is pretty close to me for one big reason. I talked about my college professor his uh, PhD topic was on graph theory. So he was doing his thesis and he was the very reason why I started with research papers and felt like a tribute back to him. So it will always be a special paper for me because I did it like after 3 4 years of uh, publishing my last paper and uh, coming to a real problem and solving it on the basis of academic knowledge. Graph theory is a, an academic topic. I mean, you can relate it with anything that's a different thing altogether, but getting that particular hunch from my professor that okay, this problem can be solved like this and publishing it externally. I think it's it's a very special paper. More than favorite, I think it's a very special paper. but you scared me because uh, this discrete structures and graph theory used to be one of the toughest subjects <laughs> during the <laughs> engineering days all right good one an interesting point here i mean i didn't buy that graph theory book i was uh, you know uh, borrowing it from the library in my bachelor days after my exams were done i was like this is important i have to get to get this book now so i bought this book after i had attended the exam interesting and i actually started diving into the topic later <laughs> good so suman when it comes to the approach towards paper writing right uh, where should someone begin or start from the thought process perspective because i see the trend towards uh, many people getting enrolled for masters right and uh, maybe in 5 years or 10 years we might see similar trend in terms of people aspiring or looking out for pursuing their phd's and all and at that point in time definitely it will be a crucial so we would need your inputs in terms of where should people start from the thought process perspective before even writing a research paper I still doubt if I am giving the right advice here. Let's share my journey how I started. It is easy for a person to have an idea already. I mean, if you have a focus area that you are currently working on, finding a problem statement that you want to solve is pretty easy to find. But what about a person who wants to get into research and uh, you don't really have a topic in mind that you want to work on? That's where the challenge comes up. It's really a challenge for somebody who wants to start afresh but is completely new. And that was more or less my situation when i restarted my journey of uh, publishing and looking into research after 3 and a half years and it starts with the toughest job let me tell you it starts with the toughest job that is reading now to form the basis of a good research paper it is all about understanding what other researchers or your fellow colleagues have done for the same topic what are the similar works that have been worked on the common term that we refer to as part of this is called a literature survey so you really understand what you're working on and you you read through similar papers or uh, journals or magazines 
that focus on this particular topic now even if one doesn't have a topic to work on we all do have an interest it would be like to say that a person comes up and has worked or is part of academics and doesn't have a specific topic of interest so pick your topic of interest read similar works in leading conferences and journals as i mentioned published in the last 3 4 years you definitely don't want to read something from 2000s and uh, come up with an enhancement of what was done in early 2000s and say this is relevant in 2021 that is definitely not going to work so read something from the last 3 4 years and not beyond that make a note on what why and how for each of those papers now what is the problem statement why is it being considered and how are they solving it these are the three questions that you should be asking and you know noting it down in probably an excel or a notepad i prefer excel i know some of my fellow colleagues and my fellow researchers who prefer a notepad pretty old school but that's what they like so figure out which one you are comfortable with write each of these three questions down and then once you have done it figure out what are the open problems left by each of these papers or uh, magazines or journals or whatever entry or an article that you are reading once you have the problem statement try solving it of your own if you find a solution try backing it up with a poc a mathematical model or a simulation and try to prove why your solution is better than what everybody has suggested before and why it is an advantage you're already through with one paper without spending much time on it what you have done is just read through a thousand paper uh, sorry thousand is too much maybe 10 papers when you have read through 10 papers you have clearly figured out one open statement you have solved it and you have proved why it is better there you go you have your first paper for your publication excellent suman from research perspective what are some of the trending topics now because nowadays the current world is overwhelmed with the latest trends and technologies there are a lot of research going on in different fields if we consider the field of computer science you have the likes of artificial intelligence machine learning cloud computing robotic process automation commonly known as rpa cyber security quantum computing iot big data there are a lot of things which are happening around the globe even you take the likes of edge computing so all of a sudden you enter world where which is you know filled with pandemic and then the uh, you know need for virtual environments virtual meetups come into the picture and there enters your uh, scope for doing uh, you know augmented reality virtual reality to make people believe that they are somewhere although they are not to give them that realistic experience even that falls as part of uh, a trending topic and some very exciting things are happening around and if somebody is interested to pick up topics i think they will never be short of any yeah absolutely sky is the limit in the current situation if you practically covered all aspects of it a couple of things that i was thinking uh, you know just to augment the list illustrative list that you have mentioned edge computing and virtual reality and augmented reality are the two things that i thought you know are the additions to the exhaustive list that you already mentioned so we talked about you know research we talked about uh, getting formal education uh, based on research you know obviously phd is the automatic thing that comes to our mind so how a research paper that you know i created for example is going to help me in obtaining a phd uh, down the line 
it is really important because uh, of two aspects especially if you're not into academics if you have lost touch let's say and you are into industry and working and you still have phd in your mind you want to pursue your phd uh, it is necessary for every scholar to publish their works in leading journals and conferences it becomes part of their mandatory syllabus that you have to fulfill some credit points and get your works published in reputed conferences or journals and magazines so consider someone who does it even before enrolling and uses this as a means to be attracted to or attached to academics now this creates a massive lift for the individual's profile now this is one side of the story as i as i started the topic that you are away from academics but you are talking about industry and you haven't done much research but there's a lot which happens in terms of academics you take the latest algorithms probably coming up in some university somewhere and you are working on a topic on a regular basis so think about bringing together both the knowledge what you are learning in industry and then getting together the flavor of academics you get an amalgamation of work done that can be you know taken forward all of a sudden it comes to your mind that yes this can be a research taken forward and probably your way of you know getting your phd so i mean one side of it is it it keeps you updated second is probably one fine morning it will strike you that yes these are the topics which can be combined academics and industry and whatever i have been doing and what i am learning and you know taken forward for your phd studies fabulous stuff i think you covered about networking being visible connecting with academia and all many a times people overlook the connections with academia but honestly speaking all the technologies that we are seeing today the ethernet the wifi the wan and be it the grid computing cloud computing any technology right that is born in a lab in a university first right but many people think okay industry is creating this and we are feeding back to academia but that is not true academia is creating the technologies and where industry is using them but it is often misunderstood and definitely it is worth getting connected talking about some reputed uh, universities like uh, mit's georgia institute of technology and all those prominent universities in the world right they are all known for the computer science evolution and if we briefly look at their history they are the ones who pioneered many of these technologies so very well put through suman and uh, great conversation so far but it has been very professional so let us add some spice to create some fun and look at the other side of suman are you ready for a quick rapid fire question wherein we are going to ask you a few questions and you can crisply answer them in a word or two likewise sure navin perfect so <laughs> let me start with the first question out of the rapid fire what is the most memorable moment in your life so far suman i guess uh, it will be clearing my sap interviews about 7 years ago i mean the journey has been splendid and my accomplishments are a lot because of what sap has given me yeah awesome here comes the next bullet in your next life who would you like to be reborn as I have a thing for Steve Jobs. I mean, I I do carry those turtlenecks. I have some of them in my collections that black t-shirts. Even see I'm still wearing a black one right now. More more because of that great man Steve Jobs it, it would be. <laughs> the the famous uh, turtleneck t-shirts, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the next bullet. Which animal would you compare Suman with? that's that's actually a tricky one i would say an owl because that's what my colleagues and friends often refer me to as you you probably ping me at 3 o'clock and i'm available they call me a night owl at times so it's been so since college 
Okay. Next one. The best compliment that you have ever received. <laughs> wow. it was from another college professor i mean i have been talking about one of them uh, already so this was from uh, a college professor from my bachelor days uh, for a year i thought he criticized me a lot and then he was respected around the campus one of the best guys to teach me a lot of things and on the day of our project su- submission the last day of uh, the first year he calls out the entire class and says this guy is logically better than me why didn't you all of you you know take time and learn something from this person i mean you have been seeing him criticize you for a year and all of a sudden this is something that he says in front of everybody i, I cannot uh, you know forget this for the i mean i'll i'll, I'll take this to my grave probably i'll, I'll remember this for the last breath of my life absolutely that's a huge huge compliment suman i know you will cherish this forever and suman you are one of the very few professionals in the industry who has a lot of inclination towards this research and research papers right so i'm wondering what have you dreamt of becoming in the future during your childhood i always dreamt of being a journalist <laughs> okay great great going so far so one last one for the rapid fire if you were given a chance to change something in the past what would it be Well, I don't think there's much because I'm kind of satisfied with everything. Every experience teaches you something. Although, if I have to pick one, probably I would have started playing football when I was 10 years old and not 23. I play for the SAP team, but uh, yeah, if I probably would have started at 10 years old, I might have done something in football as well. <laughs> <laughs> you would have represented your school and probably gone to the nationals or something. Yeah, interesting. I was a fat uh, kid, by the way, so not sure though. <laughs> Great, great rapid fire so far. So thank you for the amazing answers and over to you, Sudhakar. Thank you for that amazing rapid fire session, Suman. One final question for this session: What is your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers? One side of it is to. be updated i mean you being a technology enthusiast uh, it is always important to know what's happening around the way it was 20 years or even 10 years before it is not the same now i remember my dad coding in visual studio and then there was java and today we talk about python 5 years down the line 10 years down the line there was something else so it's very important for a techie to be logically sound so that whatever comes up you can relate with the bigger picture the other aspect is look at things with empathy i mean technology changes as i said fast and the buzzwords fizzle out with time our logical side is what keeps us afloat and you know focus and helps us focus on creating value or targeting the right problem statement is that is what is important you one needs to focus on the impact that we create rather than what sophisticated technology we use i mean it's it's nice to use some buzzwords and uh, it 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 often you know gives us the leverage of saying that okay we are working with this technology that technology but at the end of the day if you're not solving your customers problem if you're not really addressing your problem statement it doesn't make sense and to conclude this part i would end with this this uh, discussion with probably a question to you too you have been asking questions let's let's have it the other <laughs> way around <laughs> so sure go ahead yeah i'll i'll probably give you a use case and uh, so the use case goes like this 
around a couple of decades back i guess there was a problem statement which came from uh, multi-storied buildings they said mm-hmm. uh, the people who were residing there or had their businesses there mentioned that it took a lot of time for them to reach the topmost floor so if it is a 50-storied building it would take a lot of time so once these complaints keep started coming up they consulted some vendors i don't know i don't remember which one it was which vendor uh, were consulted uh, they came in they took a round of feedback from uh, the people who were residing or had their businesses in, in those multi storied building and uh, they made some changes i guess mm-hmm. and okay. after a few uh, months they again came back mm-hmm. and asked those residents and people who were staying there or the business owners like if the lifts have become faster the response was amazing they said yes the lifts are faster and they hardly take any time to reach the topmost floor so the question to you guys is what was the change that these guys made or or were there any changes done uh, at all in the first place i think the the thought that someone heard my problem and someone empathetically paid attention to my problem itself addressed most of the problems or they changed the lift uh, button pattern i'm i'm really not sure so probably my left brain is not working is it something got to do with adding another high speed motor maybe they dedicated some lifts for some floors like 1 to 10 this lift 1 to 20 at 10 to 20 this lift yeah maybe they came up with this uh, parallel car approach instead of just relying on one car or the one lift maybe they come up with uh, one more and that could be my take i don't know if i'm correct or wrong no i mean we we really need to think out of the box here uh, that that should be one clue okay i'll probably give you the answer it was mirrors they, they were not feeling <laughs> doing doing nothing ha huh? uh, well the beauty of this particular use case was one might be thinking about probably they use some pulley or some mechanical things or they increase the speed of the lift but actually it was not so they had to give a diversion to the people while they were going from the ground floor to their intended floors they had mm-hmm. nothing to do it mm-hmm. was about giving them a diversion they had nothing to do while they were going up maybe you know look at them and figure out okay have they lost some weight or am i looking beautiful or something like that something which will keep them busy the problem or the problem statement here was not about the speed it was about how they were spending time while they were going to the topmost floor or their or their intended floor mirror was the answer to the answer to it the vendor who actually took interest in this particular use case understood what the problem statement was understood what you know end users were facing so they were not thinking about how complicated the technology is they were thinking about what is the actual problem the actual problem was not speed but it was the time that they spent in the end user spent inside the uh, lift so this probably you know opens up one more channel or uh, for uh, next discussion sometime later uh, that is about design thinking where you can put yourself into customer shoes and you can take this forward so that's that's probably for another day but i would like to conclude this uh, you know my side of how one can aspire for making their careers big with this particular point suman this has been amazing and definitely thank you for leaving us the option to have one more session with you and thank you for identifying the topic as well design thinking we will definitely get back to you but today's discussion about importance of research in technical roles has been amazing the examples that you have shared and the use cases that we talked about i'm sure our audience are going to love this conversation 
and we really appreciate you taking time for us uh, this afternoon and uh, thank you thanks for uh, your time thanks for inviting me uh, navin sudhakar it, it was a really good experience for me as well really love being on board with you guys yeah perfect thank you so much and folks if you have liked this episode please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues for whom you care for because the guiding voice podcast series is a purely not for profit venture and our team puts in a lot of effort to bring the best conversations to all our listeners and our purpose is very clear we want to provide curated guidance to all the professional students out there be it from engineering b schools and all the it employees and entrepreneurs so that all of you can make in formed decisions based on the insights that are driven by the industry experts coaches leaders or academicians across the globe because if you share this with your friends it helps them also learn great insights from every episode or if you are listening to the guiding voice podcast on the apple podcast please do not forget to leave a review and a five star rating because every rating will help us expand our reach and contribute to our mission to shape the careers and lives of millions of people across the globe and if you are watching the episode on youtube please do not forget to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel and last but not the least i want to reiterate please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues thank you so much in advance all right so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about aol which stands for america online so folks do you know what was aol's original business Okay you may start thinking or googling but let me tell you the answer in the interest of time so folks it started out as an online gaming company called Control Video Corporation so that was the original business interesting isn't it thank you for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off for today